Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. This is not going to be our usual programming schedule. We're doing a special one here, and uh, I hope to have some more special ones in the future as well. So I want to remind everyone that this podcast and all of the podcasts here are for entertainment and educational purposes only. They do not constitute working with uh, therapy services, and I strongly recommend seeking services in your area to work on your unique issues. Now, today's podcast, which is the first of the specials, is working on talking with several of my colleagues. As you've heard in some of our other episodes, we've talked about brain spotting. Now, and amongst brain spotting, there are a number of different, let's call them branches for the moment. One of the ones is going to be talking very much about the aspect of intersectionality and racism and social justice. So my guest today, one of which you've already heard before, the lovely Tracy Gant-Monroy. And in addition, we also have Ben Yokoyama as well. So let me go ahead and introduce you to them in more detail, and we'll go ahead and get them in here for the rest of this conversation. So let's start with Tracy. So Tracy, whoops, sorry, wrong one. So Tracy, affectionately called TG, is a licensed practice psychotherapist and certified brain spotter, practitioner, consultant, and trainer located in the Atlanta area. Uh, Tracy is a fierce proponent of social justice, social care, mental health, behavioral health, and is uh, dedicated to treating and providing care, support to public figures, health professionals, individuals, couples, adolescents, and young adults. And this uh, leads into her work about developing the intersectionality as well as the social justice component. In addition, we have Ben Yokoyama. Ben is a licensed marriage and family therapist and has a private practice in San Francisco. He's a somatic therapist with a master's in somatic psychology and additional uh, certifications and trainings in brain spotting. The Neuroaffective Relational Model, or NARM, NARM, uh, also trained in EMDR, Family Constellation, and MDMA-assisted uh, psychotherapy. Ben is a queer Japanese-American, pronouncing he, him, his, and the first generation born in the U.S., his first career was a certified public accountant working primarily in corporate America for over 20 years. His path to becoming an MFT included being a trained body worker, a yoga teacher, and a practitioner of Vasapresnana. I may have you explain what that one is. Uh, like it's Vasapresnana meditation. He primarily works with adults who identify as queer and or BIPOC from a complex and intergenerational trauma perspective. Tracy, Ben, welcome to Untying Knots. Glad to be Thank here. Thank you, Perry. So, Tracy, as we as you were my first recording on here, everyone can go back and listen to that. I'm going to go ahead and start with Ben here with the classic question of how did you get here? And clarify that name, Ben, or what you do, because you so deep. <laughs> that form of meditation is called Vipassana meditation, and the training, or, or the the retreat I went to was um, 
by Goenka, who was the teacher. But uh, I had a, a long winding path to, to end up right here. Um, I grew up in New York City. Um, my parents immigrated um, from Japan back in the late 50s. My dad came first, and then my mom was in the early 60s. Uh, I am number three out of four kids. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think there's no typical, but um, a common like immigrant experience. Both of my parents were college educated, but they had to do something else when they got to the United States. At some point they started their own business. And so, you know, I kind of grew up working. I think I started working at the age of eight and helping out uh, at the warehouse. And I would say there was just, life was just really confusing. There weren't a lot of guideposts um, as far as how to be American, how to be a Japanese American, how to be gay. Uh, and so I just kind of uh, did what I thought I was supposed to do, go to college, um, get a degree in accounting. And um, I guess, you know, it's just these series of midlife crises, I'll call them, <laughs> that grabbed my attention and said that I had to do something different. Um, one of them was coming out of the closet at the age of 26. And when I was 27, I tell folks I ran away from home and moved to San Francisco and try to figure out what it meant to, to kind of be gay and explore my sexual identity. Um, another midlife crisis was quitting a job, an accounting job I had for 10 years and starting to get the idea that accounting wasn't my life passion. I just didn't know what that was. And that took me on this kind of 11 year journey of just trying different things like body work, like yoga, like Vipassana meditation. And, you know, it was my body that was kind of uh, trying to get my attention through pain, back pain, um, sciatic nerve problems, uh, and all these other things that something wasn't right. And eventually uh, I, I knew that I was turning 50 uh, soon. I was 47 years old. I knew that I had another midlife crisis probably pending <laughs> and that I should do something about it. And so I had heard about somatic psychotherapy. Um, the universe put one out of three programs about a mile away from where I lived and I applied to it. Uh, it was the only um, program that I applied to. I figured if I wasn't meant for this work that I wouldn't get in. Uh, so I got in, um, it was a three-year program. I graduated maybe three weeks before my 50th birthday. And I just kind of continued. I decided I would get licensed. And I knew that I didn't want to work in agencies. I knew that I had to, I had to be there to get my hours, but that if I got licensed, I would um, open up my private practice. And um, that's what I did. And, you know, because of my, my massage and my yoga, um, you know, I follow the path of somatic psychotherapy and I started looking for a lot of trainings. Um, NARM and EMDR were two of the first ones. And 
you know, I started getting interested in intergenerational trauma because of my parents and them growing up during World War II and then immigrating and leaving, right, their home country. And um, yeah, and, and then, you know, it continued. I, I think what in the last couple of years has been, drawn, has been drawing my attention are those programs that are focused on social justice and offering like affinity spaces for training, just acknowledging that we still live in, in systems of oppression and being able to go the extra step in, in making space in their trainings. And so MAPS with their MDMA assisted psychotherapy program <clears throat> was the first one that I attended in 2019. I had not even heard of brain spotting, but then on my Facebook, right? This BIPOC training in brain spotting uh, popped up and that caught my eye. And uh, I did the training with John Edwards and Steve Sawyer. And I haven't really looked back since. I think I've done about, I don't know, seven or eight specialty trainings, phase one to phase four masterclass. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll stop there. That's kind of what brought me here. That's right. I've got, clearly I've got a few more classes I needed to catch up on to catch up to your seven, but still. So you and I were also part of Tracy's particular program. So Tracy, can you give us a quick rundown on what your class was and we'll branch off from there. Thank you, Perry. So I am Tracy Gantlin Monroy and I am in the Atlanta area. <clears throat> Excuse me, I am the first black female trainer for brain spotting worldwide. And I say that with intentionality. Thank you, Ben. Um, I say that with intentionality because when we think about intersectionality, when we think about social justice, um, major components for me lend itself to inclusion, equity, representation. And what that looks like being that I am a black American cisgendered spiritual woman of faith, upper middle class prone to collectivism and able-bodied. Um, and so what I just demonstrated were some of my social locations from an intersectionality perspective. And, and there's something about me even expressing the collectivism piece of that because it's coming to my awareness more and more that individualism is a thing. And so when we start talking about intersectionality, when we start looking through the macro lens of the United States, um, America, and, and North America, and I say that with intentionality because the U.S. is not the only part of the Americas. And oftentimes we misalign ourselves with separation than inclusion in our unawareness, which leads me to brain spotting, intersectionality and social justice, which is a training I developed during my activation. Um, I think it was 2020, the years are moving right along with this whole idea of pandemic. Um, I think it was 2021. 2021, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Perry. Um, it's been a couple of years in now, 
and times moving expeditiously. But in 2021, I introduced the training. I actually started developing the training during 2020 when we had that major unrest. The Gen Zs had taken to the streets. Um, We had a president that was a little bit questionable. I'll say that in terms of the nation became polarized. And here I am, a mom of a kid who's now 22, and he's Black of Hispanic descent or Latin descent, um, my ex-husband, who is Guatemalan, um, and so to be in the home with it, not only were we um, contained, right, but there was also other things, George Floyd, um, Breonna Taylor, um, I'm here in Georgia, Aubrey, uh, his name escapes me. Ahmaud Aubrey. Ahmaud Aubrey, thank you, because it's just been so much. I can feel the activation now. When I talk about activation, I'm using brain spotting language per se. Um, and so I was so impacted. And my major concern was losing democracy for me and community because there was no context. Um, There had been no experience in the manner in my lifetime, because I'm 52 years old. You know, I'm a Geechee girl from Charleston, South Carolina, raised in the suburbs of Somerville. And so with that, I didn't understand, but I knew that my body, I knew that spirit was speaking to me and I became impregnated with the idea of We have got to begin the conversations. We have got to increase our awareness because what's being promulgated is less than accurate. Because as a Black American woman, I found that dominant culture has taken the liberty to speak for us as though they had primary sources. One of the whole nasty games has been the silencing of the black woman in particular. And it was done right there during freed slave and and reconstruction, whereby when we were supposedly quote unquote, coming into that freedom, we were also being undermined consistently. And so with that, I prayed, you know, I spent time with the Lord. I sat with the Lord. I'm like, what is going on here? You know, what's happening? I've got to have a dog in this fight. I've got to have a voice. And out came intersectionality and social justice. Because I just knew as Americans in particular, we needed to expand another brain spotting um, concept of expansion. We've got to use history and our experience to inform where we take this yacht. And so there it was, um, intersectionality and social justice through a brain spotting lens. And so, you know, it's my pleasure to be here with Perry and Ben, who happen to be two of my most favorite men, especially in the brain spotting community. They hold me well, I love them. And so, yeah, and so with that, in my very first training, both Perry and Ben attended. And it was just simply amazing that all like my response was tearfulness because it was such a joy because the attendees became the confirmation and validation 
of the need for the training. And it's a three-day training. We have one coming up May 27th, 28th, and 29th. And I also want us, Perry, to talk about the ripple Mm -hmm. of that training because Ben attended the training and we do dyads, um, experientials, neuro experientials during the training. Some call them demos. And Ben came up with, we need a setup to deal with this stuff. And so David Grand, Dr. David Grand, the founder and developer, was at the training with me. David actually collaborated with me because I needed him to make sure and ensure that I was seeing brain spotting through an appropriate lens as it pertains to social justice and intersectionality. So that's my deal with the training. Mm-hmm. Yep, very much of that training as well. And that's where I, I took from my experience in there is recognizing myself, not just because of my learning disability with dyslexia, but I now recognize myself as part of the neurodivergent spectrum. While I may not be on the ASD spectrum, I am definitely processing information differently than what we consider neurotypical and an identity that I took on and recognize and I feel has given much more comfort to working with it, which is why pronouncing that meditation was a difficult thing for me. So, and I don't want to butcher stuff. So it's like, yeah, no, I'm going to back up and let the person who can speak to it better happen. But as, which lovely segue into the standpoint of, we need a setup. So, and I think Ben, you and I were also at a master class where one of the things that I know we were talking about in that, towards the end of that class was the idea of, sort of the idea of, is there an oppression spot? Which I'm willing to bet this also got tied into the development of this and you, your work as of late in this process has been about developing that setup. So what can you add to this? I'm trying to think the best way to answer that question. And it's a <laughs> great question. Um, because I think there are a lot of people uh, trying to figure out um, how, do we, how do we get rid of these systems of oppression? And I don't have the answer, um, but... I think what I saw was uh, an area that wasn't getting as much attention. Um, and I think one of one of my inspirations was marriage equality because I never thought that I would see that in my lifetime. I had developed like some negativity and kind of belief that uh, systems wouldn't change. And then when it did happen, because I was in denial and I wasn't really following it, um, because in California, there's been some starts and stops that were uh, very unmotivating. Uh, when it did happen, uh, and I started like going back, like, well, how did this happen? And I found out that one of the primary lawyers that uh, presented to the Supreme Court was a white, straight, cisgendered Republican man. <clears throat> that uh, spoke up for us, us being, you know, the queer community. And, you know, the light bulb moment for me is like, we need more allies um, in order to change systems. And what is stopping these allies from 
from stepping up and, and helping out. And I think, you know, being a trauma therapist and getting into EMDR and brain spotting, um, I tend to look maybe from a traumatized lens and saying, what is, what's the trauma in human beings that are keeping these systems in place? And, you know, my initial focus was um, healing the trauma from oppression, internalized homophobia, internalized racism within me. How do I heal and get that out? <clears throat> and I think there are a lot of people doing great work around that um, from a somatic lens, you know, within brain spotting, outside of brain spotting. <clears throat> but I, I didn't see a whole lot of setups or approaches on how do we heal the trauma from privileged identities? Right. And, and in Tracy's class with intersectionality, each of us holds, right? We're if we are a pie, you know, X percent is, is probably going to be uh, a marginalized, oppressed identity. And then and another percentage is going to be a position of privilege. And I'm privileged being male, uh, cisgendered, able-bodied, educated, socioeconomic status, tons and tons of, of privileged identity. And I know that I have to do work around that, but it's been, you know, no one ever designed what the work is. And I'm like, well, if I have a setup that makes it a little easier for people to do the work around their privileged identities and the trauma that might be uh, underneath that, that's supporting, you know, systems of oppression, that was kind of my motivation. I'm like, I think we need more, um, uh, more clarity on how to do this work. And I figured, well, I'll give a, I'll throw, you know, something out there and see if it sticks. And so that's kind of my, uh, you know, getting permission from David Grand and from Tracy to, to come up with a setup around this specific area. And maybe how I market it is, you know, you know, I, I want to take good people who have good intentions and they consider themselves allies to move to this next, next level. And there's some terms out there. I don't know if, if anything has stuck, but they're like accomplices or co-conspirators where their liberation is tied up in the liberation of all marginalized folks. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, my goal is to have more accomplices that are acting towards changing systems. Mm -hmm. I'll stop there. Well, and so that is definitely setting up the framework for what the we're looking at and with trying to ask that, that fundamental aspect of healing from systematic oppression, which is the big deepest goal of both of these bits of uh, material taken from two different directions and bringing together, which is part of why I brought you guys together on for, for this podcast to be able to have a chance to talk about that and share it. Because right now, as we know, uh, at the time we're recording this, right now there's a war going on in Ukraine. We've also just been dealing with the last several years of a pandemic, which now is becoming transformed into an, an endemic. And all of those things have also been hit with forms of systematic oppression. So we want to move further into 
the 21st century not being centered around these places of oppression and healing. So what else, you've Ben or Tracy, what else are your thoughts in the work that you guys are doing here that we want people to know and we want people to consider coming to work with you guys to further this uh, development of healing from the systematic oppression and using brain spotting in the process? Thank you for that um, inquiry, Perry. Um, as, even as I sit here, I become excited. And if there were a visual that went along with our time being spent today, and so I am a Black woman. Ben is a Japanese man. Perry is a Black-bodied man. This becomes more accurate of how the world look through a healthy lens, right? And the fact of the matter is relationship brought us here today. We share life, we share community together. This becomes an actualization, a demonstration about what we're talking about. I love when Ben spoke about the reality that we all have social locations, whether we know it or not, because at the end of the day, there's something about that ocular test that when people see you, something registers, whether they're looking at if you're ethnically ambiguous, whether they're looking at your phenotype, whatever it is, systemically, we've been taught that form of identification, which is definitely skewed and oftentimes incorrect. Because I am woman body does not mean I necessarily identify as a heterosexual or even that, I mean, what about transgendered folks? Because you think you see what you see, then you make the assumption of how one identifies. Ben was- Could you just repeat that? We had a bit of a, a, a glitch there for a second. Sure, thank you. Just because we see what we think we see the fact of the matter is that's an assumption. And so when we talk about intersectionality, we all have dominant, oppressed, privilege, as well as marginalization. So what I'm talking about here is that, excuse me, from an intersectionality lens, there's a continuum, there's an axis. Prime example would be if I looked at gender right? Or sexual identity. Genderism is a thing. And unfortunately, that we're in a heterosexist world. Heterosexism is a thing, which becomes the norm. And the fact is that our pain is usually connected to our subordinate identity, right? Yeah, we all have privilege, educationalism, socioeconomically, even if we looked at that lens through religion. So in our nation, Christianity is the dominant religion. Anyone identifying in a Semitic religion, um, Buddhism, um, 
the whole plethora that becomes subordinate to the dominant, right? And so the subordinate runs tandem with the oppression. And so with that, one of the things that's required is awareness because so many of us do not know. I love it, Perry, when you said that coming into the training, you identified as dyslexic. Leaving out of the training, you identified as neurodivergent. Prime example, there is quite a bit of oppression when we think, of, when we think about sexuality, with the homophobia, racism, when we think about race and ethnicity. The fact of the matter for me and which makes me passionate about intersectionality is that it encompasses a wider frame. Oftentimes when we think about systemic evils, systemic oppression in our nation, it is around religion, sexuality, race, right? Because even when it comes to socioeconomics, we know that there's always going to be a range from the lowest to the highest, right? Um, Even this thing about individualism and collectivism, right? I think part of the inquiry that Ben is making with this notion of oppression and privilege, I think a lot of it is centered in individualism because what's happening is we know the what, right? The what, the what is we have systemic evils. We have privileged and we also have marginalized parts. And that what, we get that, but I think Ben is making the inquiry of the how. How do we approach these challenges while still being loving, while still being supportive, while still creating a container? Because that's what brain spotting does oftentimes. It creates a frame. So how do we frame privilege and oppression and be able to process through those two areas while bringing awareness and healing? for those that are walking with those malfeasance of personhood, those conditions that keep us apart, those conditions that even impact us. You know, I love when Ben said, it took me until 26 to increase my self energy, my awareness, my sense of need of self to come out. That's huge. So I'm not sure if I really responded Perry, but I become passionate on yes, this you do. topic. Yes, you do. I think you answered it as well. And I think this is also one of the things for people to think about and start looking at their identities as they are there, as we've just talked about it here amongst the three of us. And I think that's a good place for us to take a break so that people can have that time during our break to contemplate these things before we get further into this. So this is Barry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist here with Ben Yokoyama, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Tracy Ganton Monroy, uh, LPC and psychotherapist on minds and on tethered knots. God, I'm just, there's them bumbling Uh, on untying knots, minds and souls and tethered. So stay tuned, folks, for the second half when we'll be back shortly.
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from. Visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. If you have a question or comment about our podcast, send an email to pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. That's pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. And now, back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for our second half here of Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, and I'm here with Ben Yokoyama and Tracy Gant-Monroy. So... We had just gotten Tracy's response to the question I had asked, and uh, I don't like to cut the uh, responses in the middle of someone talking, because I know there's some other podcasts out there that do that, and that really annoys me. So now we're going to get Ben's response to that question as well. Thanks, Perry. What I was hearing from your question is is maybe acknowledging that uh, changing systems are really, really hard when we're still trying to live within these systems. Um, And capacity is really important in order to be an activist. Um, And the term I think that's out there in the therapy world is self-care and we gotta focus on self-care. Adrienne Marie Brown, who um, I've read a bunch of her books and she has a book called Pleasure Activism as another maybe term that is necessary in in doing social justice work, right? Because resting and healing for the healers is really, really important. And I I think doing what I call privilege work uh, is also a privilege, right? You have already done a whole bunch of healing to get to place. Well, now I have the energy to devote to changing systems, right? I'm no longer treading water on a day-to-day basis, just trying to um, do my job or pay the bills or be present for my clients. And so out of Tracy's class, I started a small group um, that I'm hoping to grow. Uh, It's monthly of people coming together where we work on, you know, uh, our privilege spot, right, in addition to an oppression spot. And when I tell folks 
is that um, our brain is going to tell us where it needs to go, <clears throat> right? And this is part of the brain spotting concept of being in the tail of the comet. We can come in with intentions of, I want to work on my privilege, you know, as an able-bodied person. But if our brain takes us to a, a wound, <clears throat> right, some pain that needs healing, um, let it do that. We're just going to follow the tail of the comet. We're just going to set the frame. And if that's where it goes and it's around um, the healer needing heal healing in some of the area, um, that's going to be the work for today. So, yeah, it, I, I think it, it, it is complicated in, in these times because the systems of oppression are still throwing things at us like war and um, unfair treatment or access during a pandemic to, to care. And so With, and it's tough. Yeah. And throwing in then the racism, the sexism, the ableism, the uh, ageism as well, which almost seems like the system is in hyperdrive in some cases, trying to throw it out massively. And some would say, is it in its death throes? Is it in a panic state, trying to change all of this and get itself very this back, quote unquote, under control. And I'm going to do that with the air quotes. Um, and it's being very conscious of that. And this goes back to what Tracy was saying about the individualism. And it's something that we're dealing with the US and some of Western culture, individualism is a very big operational point for it. And the fact that fundamentally we are still a collectivist people, no matter what culturally might say, we are still collectively needing each other. And we're also seeing that with the response right now to the Ukraine. Because let's be also frank, we are no longer at a state where everybody is, uh, I'm trying to figure out the most politically correct way to put this. Literally, everybody in this entire freaking world is at some level on the first world level. I mean, there might be broader swaths that are third world, but we have a greater connection to informational information, which is a first world quality. So at this point, it becomes much clearer who's being a bully and who's being oppressive and working with that systematic oppression which is very much the work you guys have been doing with developing your group and your training, Tracy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, um, Perry, thank you for that segue because as I'm sitting with you all and as I'm taking in what I'm hearing, I mean, what comes to me is I see the system as a table that was not prepared for all. There were very few chairs at the table but in my spirit i noticed that the shaking of the table is resulting in a shifting so when we talk about co-conspirators when we talk about allies when we use that language i know recently something came across my desk i think maybe it's house bill 365 in georgia dealing with um 
the LGB plus community um, about the identification of, I think it's kids or younger people or something of that nature. It escapes me right now as I'm speaking about it. Marginalization, oppression requires support. Even if you don't think you're impacted directly because an indirect impact might as well be a direct impact because that creates its own power dynamic and interaction and just our structure as human beings. With the system being shook, when I say the system being shook, this is a perfect opportunity for awareness, for us to be able to be with ourselves and locate those safe spaces so that we can have an opportunity to process through much of this while we're being held with love and kindness. Because here's the reality. Either we can stay shut in where we are, or we can open ourselves to bring some health and wellness to whatever the thing is. And so with that, it does take me to bring spotting intersectionality and social justice. And I love the way that Ben was using the languaging. Um, so when Ben talks about the tail of the comet, talk about the frame. Um, one of the things I want to interject into that is the counter transference, right? Because we are helping professionals. And at the end of the day, when it comes to brain spotting, who we take into that session, who we take into that room with our clients and patients can either maximize or minimize that healing opportunity. And so it's incumbent upon us to do our work. And when I speak about our work, it has a lot to do with how we care for ourselves. What are we pouring in to be able to pour out what is usable? And so if you're unaware of your social locations and your thoughts and feelings around that in your body from even a somatic responsive area, then that becomes problematic. If you're sitting with different than me, Different-ism is a thing. And if I'm sitting with different than me and I'm looking to interject in the frame me, how are you able to hold that space for the client? What space do they have to bring in whatever part of themselves? The brain does go where the brain needs to go. You know, intention or not, because oftentimes our intentions are rooted in a whole other place that the body and the brain knows. That's the beauty of brain spotting because we don't have to know as a client or as a practitioner. And so with that, even as practitioners, we get to use brain spotting for our own health and wellness for our bodies and our brains. And with that, brain spotting, intersectionality and social justice does require phase one or phase two of brain spotting because we do not teach brain spotting technique at the training. It is an advanced training. And with that, I'm so stoked about people having the experience and the information. My training also allows for payment plans. You can find me at gracecommunitycounseling.com, www.grace, G-R-A-C-E, community, C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y, dot, uh, counseling, 
C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com, gracecommunitycounseling.com. And shout me out, you know, send a, a message. You can even use the contact and subscribe. So on my website, there are several opportunities to subscribe. I am a brain spotting trainer. I presently have BIPOC, brain spotting phase one, BIPOC, brain spotting phase two on the calendar. And late July, I will be doing a training with um, senior trainer, Deborah Antonori. Um, who has affectionately been as an aunt to me navigating through this whole brain spotting world. And we will be co-training a brain spotting training that's inclusive. All people are welcome. And so with that, check out my website, www.gracecommunitycounseling.com. Subscribe. There are options to subscribe for BIPOC trainings, um, brain spotting, intersectionality, and social justice trainings. And there's also an opportunity to subscribe for my traditional, and I say traditional because previously in brain spotting, there was no such thing as BIPOC trainings. So I will be partnering with Deb and Tenori and others, you know, just co-leading. Um, trainings in brain spotting that are inclusive. Everybody can um, attend. And so thank you. And what about for you, Ben, with those who want to start working more with your group that you're working with as well and you've set up? Yeah, um, my group uh, is, is focused on brain spotting. So similar to you know, I think right now, most of the people that are in the group uh, are attendees of Tracy's Brain Spotting, Social Justice and Intersectionality class. The intention is to, to, to focus on the brain spotting community. Um, the, the setup and the work isn't necessarily for our clients. It's for ourselves and how we treat each other in the brain spotting community. Um, Hopefully it's, it's an alternative to uh, cancel culture and conflict around differences where people can kind of come together and work on, you know, whether it's healing from our oppressed identities or it is, you know, as an example, you know, maybe you were in a training and you got called out for your privilege and you're activated about it. And there's some anger or there's some guilt or there's some shame and it's hard to talk about. Uh, you can come to my group. We meet once a month and we process that activation from a, a neuro experiential way. It's not an intellectual, let's talk it out. It's like, let's process your nervous system so that your neocortex is online and you can actually have a conversation about this. And so, so this group is for brain spotters. Um, you know, we're trying to create a culture of inclusivity uh, to provide psychological safety to, to do this work as well as accountability, right? To, to kind of uh, provide support and encouragement that this is really important work to do so that we can 
create a brain spotting community that is inclusive, equitable, uh, and diverse. And, and want to remind everyone that brain spotting is not just something that therapists and those who practice psychology are doing. It is brain spotting training is open to those who are in the healing profession. So whether you are a uh, body worker or someone who focuses on yoga teaching, you can get brain spotting training as well. And that becomes that basic foundational component that allows you to be able to take these more advanced classes, which we're, we're talking about here. Um, as you were talking, Ben, and the Euclid Tracy, it makes me immediately think of the quote from uh, Octavia Butler, the speculative uh, writer, and the statement of everything you touch changes. Everything that you have changed changes you as well. I may have paraphrased that a little, but essentially there is a reciprocation of change going on no matter what you touch and what you have touched changes you. So our work, working on these things allows us to help change people, but equally we are affected by how who we, we work with. And even we need to be able to address what's going on because uh, as the line I always put from Star Trek, uh, Next Generation is, who he takes care of the key, the caretakers as well. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for some sci-fi. I was waiting for it, Perry. You can't help yourself. I love it. Hey, it's my it's my jam. I am a it's your jam. I am I am a I am a I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. You're my like uh, Dr. Spock, baby. <laughs> That's why I'm a fan of the doctor, and I like Spock as well. Two of my foundational uh role models growing up. So with that, uh can I just ben, say one last thing? Sure, sure, sure. So I do want to express that I support the work that, that Ben is doing. Um, so when brain spotting, intersectionality, and social justice was in its development stages, um, David said to me, Tracy, you know that this work you're doing goes beyond brain spotting. And I lovingly said to my mentor, Absolutely, I know, but right now my focus is here in this community. And so Ben's, I don't mean, it's not a class, it's a group of like-minded people coming in. I want to say this about Ben, Ben's a bit modest, right? And when I say modest, I'm not making any um, associations with that model minority crap. I'm talking about Ben from a personhood perspective, having spent personal intimate time with Ben. So Ben is one of these people that'll come into a space and Ben always has beauty to contribute, righteousness to contribute. And what Ben will attempt to do is to fall back and I always yank Ben forward because Ben's contributions oftentimes are one to grow on. Ben has much wisdom. And with that, Ben also creates a healthy space because I've come to learn that every space ain't safe and nothing can be totally safe. Um, and I want to give credit to Maria, uh, my Indian body sister, for bringing that to my awareness. And what I'm hoping I'm demonstrating here is no one of us know everything, right? Learning and teaching has reciprocity mutuality. We learn and teach one another. 
What I can say about being set up in the space that Ben is developing with the team um, who also attended the um, intersectionality and social justice training is that Ben has a context, Ben has organization, Ben has order. And when Ben shared it with me, he said, Tracy, I got to keep people as safe as I can that come into my environment. And so I want to say that because these topics we're talking about, they're heartfelt. They can be visceral. You know, we're all carrying something, right? And what that something looks like, we can't know oftentimes because we can even go from pre-verbal on back. And we feel it in our bodies. And so I just want to extend that invitation for this. What's the name? It's Liberation Something. What's the actual formal name, Ben? The name of the group is the, the Brain Spotting Collective Liberation Group. Thank you for that. So when you see that, that's my brother, Ben Yokoyama. And this is what we're talking about. And so just know you're welcomed to our community. And we're happy to receive you and to support you. And we're not above reproof. We get to be human as well. So thank you, Perry, so much for creating the space and allowing me to share this time with you and Ben. So thank you. And to give credit, there were there were four of us that came out of um, Tracy's class and that we spent about a year meeting and collaborating. Um, currently, it's me and Ellen Morrison who are facilitating the groups. So I just want to acknowledge Ellen and, and her effort in, um, in running these groups. And if you're interested, um, again, I just contact me via email and it's ben at benyokoyama.com, right? And uh, if you have phase one brain spotting and you understand these concepts of uncertainty, tail of the, tail of the comet frame, um, we'll just jump right in and, and I'll show you the setup. Ready then. So, Tracy, pleasure as always to have you on here. Ben, welcome, and I hope that we're going to have some more chances to talk as well. So this has been Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark. So tune in again, and we're going to have more topics like this and some other more interesting, some much more geeky ones coming up in some of my special episodes in the future. So stay tuned. I hope you guys are safe and just try to be a good human being. Until mm. mm. later, folks. Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.